companies who have never done in-house training before in the past and have really looked to recruit skilled are fine are, are coming around to it. They're, they're they're kind of getting their toddler walk on with an in-house apprenticeship program, but they're getting it and they're recruiting in some really good talent, even their green talent. And I know there's a lot of companies out there that are doing it. There's a lot of companies who are coming around to it. And what jointhetrades.com is, is an effort to connect the young people or even the second, third career people who are looking for a change in their life, connect them with these companies who are willing to pay for their education whether there is an in-house education or they're sending them to a school that is not in-house, you know, it's a, it's a local school, it's all paid for by these contractors. And it blows my mind that these contractors have such a hard time getting people in because, you know, it's a free education. These guys make really good money coming out of after four years of school, they're going to be making over $100,000 a year. And it shouldn't be hard for them to recruit in, but they don't have the best recruitment strategies or tactics or, or energy or efforts because they're busy tradespeople. So jointhetrades.com is kind of that, that bridge between those young people or second, third career people looking to make a change. And then those employers or even the trade schools who can help kickstart that, that change or get them started. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in to the Skill Stadium podcast, episode 122. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Every week, we feature professionals in the skilled trades, hiring managers, business owners, educators, influencers, giving real-world advice, telling it like it is, no filter. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you could do me a favor. If you enjoyed the podcast, you found value, please leave a five-star rating, maybe write a review, share one thing you enjoyed. That really means the world to me. Today, we are going to be talking about careers in the trades, the many opportunities. We're going to be talking about HVAC and why it's a good idea to strongly consider a career in the trades. And I have a real special guest on that is really going to bring that point home. Uh, My guest grew up in Bridgeport, Texas, started her career in sales as a maintenance representative for commercial HVAC contractors in Atlanta. And within four years, she was promoted twice from sales manager to VP of sales. She's worked in training, sales associates, and peer training organizations. And in 2019, she made a transition into full-time training and development. She enjoys helping others, developing resources and curriculums for businesses. And during her free time, if you could say she has free time because she has a one and five-year-old, and we know how challenging that can be. And she's very proud of those children. And she's also very proud of building a successful team of a strong, with a strong company culture. My guest's mantra, it comes from a movie called Claws, a true selfless act always sparks another. Please welcome to the Skill Stadium podcast, Nicole Bass from Join the Trades. Nicole, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Keith. My pleasure. Um, I'm sure you're getting ready for Christmas. Are your kids, ex- I mean, I'm sure your five-year-old knows what's going on. Um, is he or she excited? Oh, he is absolutely stoked. I and mean, he's officially on the holiday break, winter break for Christmas. 
and I can hear him through, I work from home, so I can hear him bouncing off the walls right now uh, in the room next door. So uh, no guarantees he doesn't burst into this room while we're doing this. That's all right. That's all right. You know what? That'll add some excitement to to the podcast and we'll we'll mix it up and we'll just roll with it. I mean, I'm sure you're used to this. Uh, You know, I have children, so I've gone through that. So I understand and I totally respect where you are right now. (laughs) So I read something about you doing some research that you had a basketball career. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I did. I actually... um... It was a two-part career. I got a full scholarship to a D1 school in Texas, the University of Texas at Arlington, uh, coming out of high school. And then I uh, tore a couple of ACLs in the same year, which just, you know, hit pause in that basketball career. Um, Did I lose you? Are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Your your video went blank. Um, Yeah, so I... I then took a six-year break from basketball. I ended up going overseas and picking it back up in France, where I played for four years. Um, I went down to Madagascar to play, and uh, that was during the 2009 coup. So I ended up not playing so much in Madagascar, but I got a great year in Madagascar. Um, just a really, really interesting year there. Wow, what an adventure. Uh, I, I got to tell you, um, sports and sales – those skill sets are just the competitiveness. I, I, I got to believe that's really helped you in what you're doing now. Uh, allegedly, there's some stats out there on this. And that's where that's why I got into sales is I came back to the States. I had a, a degree in international business and had no idea what I wanted to do with it. Um, you know, I, I spoke French in a state where everyone speaks Spanish. And because um, I'm originally from Texas. And I, I just, I said, okay, well, Everyone says that former athletes make great salespeople. Let's give that a shot. And it ended up working out really well for me. Um, and I, I would encourage anybody who was uh, very competitive, who did a lot of sports and all of that to, you know, if you're trying to figure out a career path, sales sales is a good one. I agree 100%. It uh, definitely opens doors of opportunity. And I truly believe if you could do sales, you can do just about anything. <laughs> I never heard that said, but I can, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. So tell us about Join the Trades. You know, I work with tradespeople. Um, I, my, my day job, my, my business is uh, called Service Professionals, and we work with commercial HVAC service companies across the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico. So I work with trades companies uh, and have worked with trades companies for the past 10 years. Um, at this point, I'm an educator. I work with other educators specifically in this industry, and we recently uh, rolled out a, an apprenticeship program for technicians. Um, so it's a four-year Department of Labor approved apprenticeship program. And the reason we did that is because the recruitment efforts of all of these companies I work with have been coming up shorter and shorter year over year as that skilled labor gap grows. So everyone's struggling. Everyone wants to recruit the skilled people. They want. They don't want to. They don't want to hire green and trade up. They want to just you know pluck that nice skilled journeyman off the shelf and put them in place and say, great, now go help me earn more money in my business. Those guys aren't out there. And well, they're out there, but they're perfectly happy where they are most of the time because they're treated really well. So finally, our industry, and I'm seeing it happen a lot in other industries as well. Our industry is really coming around to, all right, where do I want to be five years down the road? If I start training a guy in-house today or five guys, then that means five years down the road, I've got five of those skilled journeymen that I'm looking for. And I just had to grow them in-house instead of 
trying to pluck them off a shelf somewhere that doesn't exist. So we have, you know, we have our apprenticeship program. Companies who have never done in-house training before in the past and have really looked to recruit skilled um, are fine are, are coming around to it. They're, they're they're kind of getting their toddler walk on with an in-house apprenticeship program, um, but they're getting it and they're recruiting in some really good talent, even their green talent. And I know there's a lot of companies out there that are doing it. There's a lot of companies who are coming around to it. Um, and what jointhetrades.com is, is an effort to connect the young people or even the second, third career people who are looking for a change in their life, connect them with these companies who are willing to pay for their education whether there is an in-house education or they're sending them to a school that is not in-house, you know, it's a, it's a local school, it's all paid for by these contractors. And it blows my mind that these contractors have such a hard time getting people in because, you know, it's a free education. These guys make really good money coming out of after four years of school, they're going to be making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. And it shouldn't be hard for them to recruit in, but they don't have the best recruitment strategies or tactics or, or energy or efforts because they're busy tradespeople. So jointhetrades.com is kind of that, that bridge between those young people or second, third career people looking to make a change. And then those employers or even the trade schools who can help kickstart that, that change or get them started. And I can give you more details what on that the, if you'd like, but. Sure. What, what are the challenges with that? Because it seems simple, but I don't, I know it's not simple because you've got to go out and find those people. It's someone who's got to really understand the value. There's going to be a change in the winds and all of a sudden there's going to be some experienced people that you can just hire up and you can, you know, maybe you've been saying it wrong in interviews or maybe you've been recruiting in the wrong place. And the reality is the people just aren't out there and it's going to get worse. So part, part of my struggle is in um, continuing to, um, uh, encourage employers to be willing to hire the young people and recruit them up. But another part of it, I think it overall is in the dialogue behind trades careers, right? It's the whole work hard and get dirty mantra. That's not exactly a sales pitch to anybody, you know? Um, so as you're trying to compete with other career paths that these young people can take that whole, you've got to be willing to work hard and, and have good work. ethic. I mean, like that's true working hard is, is for any successful career. Um, I think I might have lost you this time. No. So Nicole, how have you, how have you been able to get people to join the program? Because I would imagine that's a challenge. Yeah. Well, so there's two parts to what I do. One is an apprenticeship program. And then the other is the join the trades.com to, to kind of, to wildly, but sister initiatives, wildly different, but sister initiatives, um, for SP Academy, um, you know, this is the technician apprenticeship school. My customer is actually the contractor. It's the, the companies who are hiring the people. So really they're responsible for recruiting the people in. And, um, and then I provide the curriculums and training for the, to do their own house training. They are the ones that are actually beating their heads against the wall going, man, how do you get, how do you get these young people in? Uh, and that's kind of what the, one of the, gen, kind of the genesis of jointhetrades.com is our attempt to help them do that, not just for our industry, but for the trades in general. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is, um, the, the, the narrative that's out there these days, the whole, or the narrative that's been out there for quite some time 
it's not exactly a sales pitch to tell young people, well, you got to work hard and get dirty. Like there's, you know, that's not a pitch. If, if I heard that, I wouldn't be sold on that either. Um, You know, there's so many great things about trades career, the debt free and, you know, dedicated career paths to success and high earning. And, you know, there's short tracks to entrepreneurship, there's STEM careers, all this stuff. But nobody says that people say you got to work hard and get dirty. Um, So that's how I think your question was, how do you get them in? Um, Jointhetrades.com, different story. That is actually a very, very startup mode um, site to help educate people on the different trades career paths there are. And then get the employers to get listed on the site so that whenever I, young person, want to start in commercial HVAC or coding or, you know, welding or whatever it is, then I can just put in my zip code and see what, which employers around me are hiring and uh, will offer me the training to get started um, or trade schools for that matter. And I think that's a great, I think it's a great path because you were saying earlier that it's hard to get a seasoned HVAC professional. So now you're just building the pipeline and the companies that are really progressive that see the big picture and know that, Hey, they're, they, the workforce is aging and getting older. If they jump on that, they're going to be in a better position than companies who are not doing that. It is a long game strategy for sure. It is a long game strategy. You've got you know, I talked to one of the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers in our industry, and they they have to, based on their sales projections, they have to hire 875 technicians over the next five years. Oh, wow. Now, they're hoping to get a whole bunch of seasoned techs in because that's what they're going to need. But realizing the unlikelihood, if that's a word, unlikeliness of, of that happening, you know, they're sitting there going, all right, we're going to have to do this in-house, aren't we? Like, Yes. Yes, you are. Everybody's going to have to. Um, and, I, you know, the whole skilled labor gap, it, this is pipe dreams here, but if everyone just took one green person and, and trained them up in their industry, we'd be in a very different position today or in five years than we are today. I agree. I agree. And, and, and you hear some young people saying, well, I don't have experience. So I think it's so important that they hear this message because this is the this is the answer to that question. I don't have experience, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of these apprenticeship programs. And the word apprenticeship sounds very kind of antiquated. You know, you think about um, Merlin had an apprentice. That's that's how old yes. this feels. But apprentices yes. are very very like the modern apprenticeship program is a very great way to kickstart kickstart a career without going into debt. Basically what you're saying is, look, year one, you're going to have to split your time between working and going to school, but that school is paid for by your employer. So you get a paycheck, you get school, you don't have debt, but yeah, you're working and you're not making a ton of money because honestly, you're not bringing a lot of value to that employer yet. You're, you're green. You, you just can't do much just yet. Uh, but you're guaranteed pay raises every single year. So by year two, you're making a certain amount. By year three, there's definitely a pay raise. I mean, it's the, the Department of Labor or the states are dictating these pay raises. Like you are guaranteed these pay raises. So mm. by the end of a four-year, five-year period, um, you know, you have a title like journeyman because, again, these titles are different in the trades than they are in the corporate world. And, um, and you are, you're set. You're good. You're making amazing money. And if you wanted to go further and get into management or you wanted to start your own business, now you have a skill that can never be taken away from you and is always going to be needed. I know in our world, HVACs, and that's not going anywhere. Well, I agree. 
I agree. You know, and you, you're you're from Texas, so you know what happens in the summer if your if your AC breaks down. Ah, uh, geez, and yeah, I you think like we work in. I say we, the technicians who are in my industry, they work in hospitals, manufacturing plants. I mean, it's some really critical environments, research and development facilities. I've been in, because I used to sell maintenance contracts for these companies, I've been behind the scenes in so many cool places, um, like food processing centers. I've seen how granola bars get made. It's just, it's kind of cool. It's a neat, neat industry to be in. Yep. And the other thing too, I'll tell you with HVAC is that they also service the food industry, which we all know is essential, particularly when we had the pandemic. And, and you think about restaurants, if they don't have someone coming in to take care of their equipment, their business is, stops. It stops. And then you also think about tech centers that have sensitive equipment servers, they have to be cooled. They've got to have people come in servicing that, that that equipment. So, like you said, there's always work for that. Anywhere where temperature and humidity impact the operation of that business, that's that's where HVAC technicians can make a lot of money. And they, and, yeah. you know, people ask me about the pandemic, and I mean, it's an airborne virus. Like HVAC did just fine throughout the pandemic. Nobody, I mean, if anything, business picked up quite a bit. So it's you know, it's a recession-proof, pandemic-proof thing. Um, and, and there's a lot of job satisfaction in it. So, you know, I think to one of your questions earlier, the question is, you know, I know you're really big on trying to educate young people on the opportunities that are out there. I will, I can talk all day long to you about commercial HVAC, but the other side of the coin and the one that I'm trying to address is the the people hiring. Uh, you know, they if you go out and you shout, you shout in the woods, what is the slang or the the phrase? You go out and you shout in the woods, nobody hears you, it doesn't do you any good. You know, these, the, the job posts they're putting out there aren't really pitches. They're not great pitches. Um, they're posting on social networks that have the wrong audience. You know, they're doing things. They're not skilled recruiters and they're busy tradespeople. So they're essentially the person standing in the middle of the woods shouting, saying, hey, I've got a job, but nobody can hear them. Um, so that's kind of what this jointhetrades.com initiative is about. That, that's a great analogy. And you know what? You get it because I see you on TikTok. That's that's where I found that's that's honestly that's where I found out about you. And that's where a lot of the young people are. And a lot of people like like that analogy that you made about the forest is so spot on. So they're on the wrong platforms, they're in the wrong place. So they're not effective. I get teased so much from my TikTok account and I, every conference I go to, every event I have with my company, they're just like, Hey, how's TikTok going, Nicole? And I'm just like, look, I, look, if you want to talk to the young people and convince them to join the trades, you've got to go where they are. And they're on TikTok. I have yet to do a dance. I haven't done a dance yet, but, <laughs> but I am on TikTok because that's where they are. And yeah. it's, you know, I'm up to 80,000 followers at this point. So it's working. Definitely. I can't wait for you to connect with Mike Rowe. I've never seen somebody so persistent. Uh, Me uh, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm 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 right on that line. I think he's got to think like I'm somewhere between persistent and stalker, but I've not actually stalked. I want to be clear on that. I'm just very persistent in making these videos to him. I have to believe that he's seen them. Um, I know a lot I of people share them. I think he he has to have seen them. Um, I, there's a, a chance I might get to meet him in March. Uh, he doesn't know this yet, and. Uh, uh, but we're going to be at the same conference. He's a speaker and I'm, I'm really hoping I get to meet him. I don't know if he'll, we'll see. We'll see if he recognizes me from the million videos I've made to him. 
No, but I, I like the approach. You know, we live in a world with the platforms that we have where our world is getting smaller and smaller just because of these social platforms. Uh, and like I said, you you have a your message aligns with him. So it's not like you're reaching out for something that has nothing to do with what he's doing. That would be. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Mike Rowe, listen, I, I need to talk to you. Listen, watch this podcast. I need to talk to you, man. All right, Mike, you hear it. <laughs> so I guess if I if you had a podcast, who would you want to have your dream guest would be? Well, Mike Rowe. There you go. <laughs> that hey, what, that's that. the, there we go. That's the that's the uh the swap I'll make. Mike Rowe, if you're listening to this, I will invite you on my podcast if you'll invite me on yours. Because that seems fair. That seems there you go. I have zero viewers in my podcast that doesn't exist. So <laughs> There you go. Well, there's always, there's never, there's never a bad time to start a podcast, uh, I, you know, and it's, it's a process. I would say, don't look at the stats when you just get started. Oh, I'm sure. People get caught up in, in, in uh, data and how many viewers and views. And when you're just getting started, you got to forget about that stuff. So just focus on making it a good podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. So let me ask you something. Um, why is the HVAC profession a great career option and what does it take more importantly what does it take to be relevant in this in this industry because it's changing the technology changes on the equipment so how important is it to keep your skill sets up oh incredibly important in fact so much so that if you are an employer and you're not offering the continued education to your skilled technicians that's whenever they're at risk of leaving you and we say that it's hard to recruit the skilled technicians into your company because they're generally very happy where they are but it's because their employers are continuing to develop, to, to invest in them and, and continue their training. Because you're right, this stuff is changing. It's evolving. It becomes more um, uh, technology-based every single day. Um, you know, certainly there's the mechanical aspect of what they do, and that'll always be there. But you've got these smart building automation and control systems, even the controls on the units themselves. It's just getting more and more sophisticated. Um, and what we've been seeing is that women, female technicians have been excelling at the control side of commercial HVAC. So there's this, I think there's still a bit of a stigma out there that this trade or the trades aren't really suitable for women. And that's just not true. Um, you know, you, you end up specializing in, in one component or one part or another of any trade. And we've seen um, a lot of success with women specializing in the control side. So um, why is the HVAC industry Fantastic. One, it's pandemic proof and it's recession proof. Uh, it is not going anywhere. Two, this is it, it is high earning. So commercial HVAC is the, the equipments are much more sophisticated than what you'd see in the residential world. Um, you know, these units that are in um, basements of hospitals or on uh, rooftops, uh, you know, in mechanical rooms of Skyrise office buildings, these these units are. I mean, you can you walk in them, right? They're huge. And they get very complex. At the end of the day, it's, they're still mechanical systems. So if you like, you know, if you like working on bikes or cars or whatever, and you really like that type of working with your hands, then this is just a bigger version of that. And then you layer yes. in the technology part of it. It's high earning. It's debt free. It's stable. I mean, these guys, you are going to have companies out there because of the skilled labor gap who are asking you to work extreme hours. Um, but the good news is if you're not happy at the company that you're at, they're all hiring. 
So you can yes. find the company that meet that fits the culture of what you're looking for. And yeah. I mean, I can keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I also think that women have an advantage in that they have a better skill set of paying attention to detail. And so I believe that gives them an advantage in in some of these skill sets. I know welding for sure. Welding. Yeah. Women are doing really well in welding. They're doing well in um, somebody on my TikTok made this comment. and, And a lot of people like commented below it, confirming this was true, that apparently crane operators um, and specifically ship to shore crane operators. Uh, some of the best ones out there are women. Some, uh, something to do with attention to detail that I, I don't understand. I don't know what goes into that job, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And it leads me to another question. So we've seen, there's not a lot of minority representation and women in the skilled trades. How do we change this? I think it's going to change itself. Somebody pointed this out to me um, uh, about a month ago, and it was kind of eye-opening. You know, in World War II, whenever all the men over, went over to see, went overseas to, to, to be soldiers, and it left America shorthanded in, in yes. workers. That was really a strong introduction to, you know, all the women entering the workforce, because somebody had to do it, right? Somebody had to continue to keep things operating back here at home. And then once the war was over, we just never went back. Um, you know, yes. women stayed in the workforce and there was a lot of changes that we had to figure out as far as how, what the, the, the home, home life is like, but, um, we're the skilled labor gap has gotten to such an extreme point and it's going to go further that the, um, the, I think that the opportunity for women is going to be so obvious that kind of like, and I, you know, I, I hope it's not unsensitive to compare it to war. But just the lack of hands, the lack of people to fill these roles, I think is going to make it obvious for a lot of women that, hey, I can do this. And not only can I do it, but they're finally willing to hire me, whereas in the past they may have um, preferred to hire a male. Sure. No, I understand. I also think like you have some groups, you know, you do have minority groups, you do have people who were formerly incarcerated. I think that those groups that were overlooked will now get a better opportunity. I've seen some programs that go into inner city communities because I, I see this as untapped resources um, that companies can get, especially if there's a shortage, you got to find that, that, that labor somewhere. So, you know, I just feel like that's an opportunity sometimes that companies might be missing out on. Well, and they're willing to hire them. This is the thing that blows my mind. And that's to bring it back to jointhetrades.com. They're willing to hire minorities, women, um, formerly incarcerated individual, you know, anything, anyone who is traditionally disenfranchised, you know, they are willing to hire, but they're standing in the woods shouting, Hey, I've got a yes. job. I've got a job for all of, all of you people. Yes. And nobody, you know, it's, it's really the recruitment efforts are okay. You can go to one job fair. That's not the, that's not casting a big wide net to catch all the people that you can in your community because people don't really like career fairs anymore. People love the protection of being behind their computer screen. They just love young people, right? And so career fairs don't have a lot of appeal to them. I mean, that's essentially what jointhetrades.com is. It's just an online career fair. Just set up your booth, right? Get listed and let me do the educating on the career, you know, the trade. And all you've got to do is just be there to catch with your net whenever they look in their zip code to see who's, who's around them, you know? Yeah. I also think we have to, and one of the things I'm trying to do with my platform to get young people to do is 
we have young people use video, which is create a 30 second elevator pitch and then show a 60 second video. I believe that it benefits them in that, first of all, it gives them practice because anytime you're going to get a job, you're going to have to speak. There's no doubt. You're never going to get a job by just blind, by sending in an application and writing the right stuff. Somebody's got to verify that, hey, this person can do some of what they're saying or you know, they can speak, they can carry themselves. Cause again, you're dealing with the public. So I feel like people have to start, we got to start getting young people to make sure that they're working on those soft skills and communication skills, the ability to shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye. These are things that these are life skills. It's going to, whether they're in the trades or whether they're in anywhere else, they have to be able to do these things and they can't really hide behind the computer. I just think we need to really push that. Do you kind of talk about that and join the trades, like those soft skills, the relevance of that? We, we train technicians on it at SP, at SP Academy. Um, yes. For jointhetrades.com, because it's so, it's such an infant right now. It's not, We don't even have the full site stood up. We have the informational sure. site stood up because we're trying to crowd crowdsource some of the um, funding that's needed to get it developed. Um, sure. But in phase two and three, we have so many phases of this thing planned out. In phase two, um, we intend to put uh, short educational modules for the, the young people or the career seekers that are, hey, how to interview, what to expect in an interview, how to prepare for an interview, how you should dress for an interview, um, you know, what the expectations what types of questions can you ask in an interview to understand if this is the right fit for you? Because an interview is both directions, right? It's not just the the young person needing to impress the the employer. It's, it's the other way around. And I think that that part's missing a little bit in, in today's modern um, recruitment model. But yeah, so we, we do want to build all that content out. It's not going to be a part of phase one, but it is coming. Excellent. Excellent. Can you share three resources that you think can help people like some, let's say I'm somebody who's interested in HVAC. Is there, are there some resources that you feel you could share that, that they should check out or any skill trade? Yes, absolutely. Um, obviously anything that's joined the trades or join the trades.com that's, we're constantly putting resources out there, but we'll call that one a freebie. Um, I would check out the SP Academy website because we do place young people in contracting uh, with contractors who are hiring. Uh, so it's SP Academy. Uh, dash hvac.com. Um, and we have a network of about 80 different contractors that we're working with across the U S uh, where if, you know, if you're a good fit, then we can um, introduce you to that contractor. And then you would be going through our curriculum in our school. It's all paid for by the contractor. Another one that you should check out is the um, MSCA website. So this is the, the union or MCAA, MSCA, they're the same people, but there's two different uh, uh, sites for it. And you can find your local union contractors this way. Um, so the union then has a school. Again, um, it is uh, paid for by the union dues for the, uh, the by the contractor. If, if you can't get on with a contractor who will sponsor you through the union school, then you can uh, speak with the union directly. And um, now you're going to come out of pocket a bit to pay for the union, to pay for the schooling, but then you will get placed at a quality contractor uh, through that union. Um, a third resource. Ooh, I kind of, I reached a hit pause just now because I was like, hang on, I got to think about this. Um, I think the third resource, unfortunately, 70% of jobs are still found through word of mouth. So if you really are interested in um, getting connected with a, um, a commercial contractor, 
ask around, you know, somebody who knows a contractor in your area. And those are more often than not these days, and I'm trying to change it. But that's more often than not the, the fastest way to get in the door is to get introduced by somebody. You can also just pick up the phone and look up your local commercial HVAC contractor, call them and say, hey, I'd like to interview. I guarantee you 90% of the time they'll say, yeah, come on in. You know, if you're polite and respectful, they are everyone, everyone's looking to hire right now. So um, I would, you know, there's nothing wrong with the good old fashioned method either. Excellent. Nicole, I agree with you so much because on that last one, because so many companies and I've interviewed a lot of business owners and they've said, yeah, if they call me, I'll take the call. Cause I always ask them, Hey, will you take the call? Every person I've interviewed who's a business owner has said, yes, not a single one on my podcast. And they know that question's coming. So it's not like they were put on the spot. They could have gotten back to me before and said, hey, don't ask me that. <laughs> you know. But they, they all agreed to it. In fact, a couple of them even encouraged it and said, hey, tell them to call me. So you're, you're so right about that. Absolutely. Oh, I thought of another one that I think is really interesting for women considering joining the trades. Um, there is an organization out there called Jill of All Trades, which I think is a very, okay. very clever name. Um, and they offer resources for women interested in, in getting into the trades. Folks, you just heard that Jill of all trades. That is cool. I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, Nicole, um, one, one question I'm going to ask you, think if you're 10 years older, 10 years ahead of you, what would you ask yourself right now? If you had a chance to meet your older self and your older self has seen everything that's gone on for the next 10 years right now. So they know all the technology changes, everything that has happened in life. What would you ask yourself? What would you want to know to help you as you move along in life? First, I'd ask how my kids are doing. I just need to know that. Um, and then I would ask what barriers am I not foreseeing that I'm going to overcome? Because when you, when you see a problem and you believe you have the solution, right, which is everybody in a startup environment, you see a problem, you believe you have the solution and yes. you, and anybody in a startup environment feels so passionately that they are, they're doing the right thing. They're going to help people. And it's a win-win scenario, right? I, I, yes. I, um, I get to build a business out of it, all those things, but then so many startups fail. What did they, what did they not see that, you know, 10 years down the road, hindsight being 2020 and all of that yes. is so obvious, you know? So I would ask 10 years down the road, me, what am I not seeing right now? Because I'm, I'm asking everybody and I'm looking at it from all angles. And I really, really believe in what I'm doing here. Um, me and my team. Uh, and so I just, what am I missing? That's what I'd ask. Oh, that's a brilliant answer. I love that. Well, Nicole, please share how people could find you and tell us about all, tell us your uh, links and all your, everything, all your social media things. Uh, so jointhetrades.com. It's pretty straightforward, that one. And then my HVAC side of the house is sp-hvac.com. So that's S is in service, P is in professionals, hvac.com. Nicole, I thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium podcast. I wish you much success and uh, please keep in touch and um, all the best to you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. To Merry you. Christmas, Keith. Thanks for having me and uh, all the best to you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, Bye. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.